Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Lubbock podcast with our senior pastor, Ben Martinez. Don't forget to check out our website at calvarychapellubbock.church. There you'll find a lot more about our mission to love God, love people, and live radically. Now here's Pastor Ben. So one of those is tell a joke. Uh, Another is to start with an interesting anecdote. Anecdote. So, you know, interesting story to kind of hook the audience. And then another is to start with a famous quote. So what I thought I would do would be combine the last two and tell an anecdote about how I'm going to give you a quote. So I've got a couple of quotes here to start this. Uh, Here are my quotes. May you live in interesting times. Anyone else's dad say that to you? Growing up, my dad always said, may you live in interesting times. It's Apparently, I looked it up, it's an English expression that is claimed to be a translation of a traditional Chinese curse. I always heard it was a Russian curse, so I don't know. It's, may you live in interesting times. Not always a good idea. <laughs> and then the second quote kind of explains the first one and kind of where we are right now. George Orwell. Anyone read Animal Farm? 1984. So you guys know George. 1984 is not an instruction book, okay? Stop. So George Orwell once said, Speaking the truth in times of universal deceit is a revolutionary act. Can anyone relate to that? Anyone here been in Facebook or Twitter jail? Oh, Haas isn't here. That's right. Okay. Um, So (laughs) I have actually been in Twitter jail recently. Um, and so why do we get in post you know why do we get in jail these days for Facebook or Twitter maybe telling the truth about vaccines the 2020 election climate change or even free speech itself so if you misgender someone prepare to be banned in Canada it's illegal Standing up for, or even just telling the truth in interesting times can get you in big trouble. And you know what? It's always been that way. So I've read the Bible. So right now in our yearly Bible, we are in Jeremiah. It's one of the chapters we're in. The weeping prophet. God used Jeremiah to proclaim God's judgment on Israel Because they had been worshiping idols, and God was going to banish them to Babylon for 70 years. So, of course, they embraced Jeremiah's message, and they repented, and everyone had a feast. And No. They wanted to kill him. They tried to kill him. God protected him. They threw him in jail. That's kind of how it went. Then there's Jesus. I know you know this story. The word made flesh. They hung him on a cross for telling the truth. For being the truth. Talk about God making all things, bringing all things together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. Jesus came on a mission to die on the cross for our sins, and God used the evil in the world to accomplish that mission. Amazing. And Jesus reminded the Pharisees in the parable of the wicked vine dressers. Matthew 21 33, 39. I always, like, I guess in the old days, you listen for rustling of pages. 
but now you just listen to people clicking on their phones to, you know, anyway. Uh, Here another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now, when the vintage time drew near, he sent his service to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, stoned another. He sent other servants more than the fir- uh, more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then the last of all, he sent his son, saying, "They will respect my son." But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said amongst themselves, "This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize the inheritance." So they took him and cast him out into the vineyard and killed him. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees about the prophets that God had sent to Israel that they mistreated and mistreated and killed. And he was talking about himself, the heir. Satan, so full of pride, thought, this is the heir. I'll kill him and seize the inheritance. Talk about deception. So one way to look at the battle between good and evil is to look at it as a battle between truth and deception. One of the many places in the Bible we see that clash is in John, where Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees. So John 8, 43 through 45. I do see a couple Bibles out there. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you're not able to listen to my word. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources, for he is a liar and the father of it. But because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Satan wants to be worshipped. And this isn't in my notes, but I thought about this today. I was watching something, and it just came to mind. Satan wants to be worshipped. The Antichrist is going, to become, is going to come, and he's going to be filled. Satan's going to enter into his body. And the Antichrist is going to demand to be worshipped. Contrast that with what God did. God put Adam and Eve in a beautiful garden and said, this is the garden, and we're going to hang out in the cool of the morning. And you'll walk in my presence. Just don't eat of the trees in the center of the garden, and we're good. God gave us, gave them, gave us a choice. We had freedom. God gave us freedom. Satan wants to be worshipped, and through the Antichrist, he's going to demand that worship, or you die. What kind of... See the, see the difference. So one way that Satan goes about his evil scheme is to lie to men that not only is there no God, and Pastor Ben has talked about this a lot, but that we can be our own God. It's right there in Genesis 2, I think, maybe 3. Satan is so full of pride that he forgets that everything that he has received is a gift from God. Lucifer was one of the three archangels. He was the worship leader of heaven. He was awesome. But he forgot. The reason I'm awesome is because God gave me awesome, made me awesome so that I could serve him and serve his creation. 
But no, he thought, well, I'm so awesome. Look at me. I can rise above God. I could be God. Well, think again, buddy. But in his quest to do so, he is destroying every life that he can to try to achieve his goal, including his own. Satan is on his way to eternal damnation in the lake of fire. And before we learn the truth, and Jesus saved us from the same fate, we were full of pride, forgetting that every gift we received was a gift from God. You know, maybe God made you smarter than the average bear. Hey, boo-boo. Or faster, or stronger, or an amazing businessman, or woman, or fill in the blank of your gifts and talents. God gave you those gifts and talents so that you could serve his kingdom. Now, you get to enjoy them, absolutely. Uh, But you get to give them back to the body of Christ in love. We get to encourage each other. That's one thing I love so much about you guys in this church is that God's love is here and it's flowing through you to everyone and it's we we get to encourage each other and we do and it's awesome so are you awesome yes yes you are can you boast in that well you can Uh, people probably won't appreciate that (laughs) and uh, you shouldn't because even though you are awesome they're gifts They're gifts. Keep it in perspective. It's a gift that God has given you. Uh, You didn't do it. God made you awesome for you to enjoy, yes, but for those gifts to serve the body, serve each other. And keep this in mind, too. There is a scripture that says, to whom much is given, much is required. So pride says we get to serve ourselves. And in doing so, we actually further Satan's goals that ultimately end in destruction. So, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I might have mentioned this up here before. Um, I've blogged about this before. It's something that God showed me a long time ago. I was at Calvary Calvary Christian Fellowship in Tucson, and it was, uh, I think, it was just Communion Sunday. And I was taking communion, and I had this weird thought. It's like, you know how the joy of the Lord is our strength? And I had this thought, like, the joy of our salvation was Jesus' strength at the cross. And I was like, what? And I was, you know, I was a younger Christian. This was 10 years ago. I was like, is that right? So I, when I got home, I got, I got to look this up, see if it's true. And this is the, the scripture reference. The joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. What was the joy? Our salvation. Oh, my goodness. He gave all so that we could have a relationship with him forever. It's amazing. And I just loved Pastor Soph's message Sunday. Loved, loved, loved it. Because it was so full of truth. Our obedience is worship to God. 
And we can't do it without him. That's the fun part. It's like, you know when you're going to cast your crowns when you're in heaven? Because <laughs> it's like, oh, I've got all these rewards. Well, you didn't do it. <laughs> it was Jesus working through you. He's sitting, as Pastor Silverman is, Jesus is sitting right now at the right hand of God, making intercessory prayer for you and you and you and you and me. It's amazing. So that we can stand for him and the truth in interesting times. You and I are God's representatives on the earth, and the world hates us for it. Jesus said to Peter, you know, on your confession of me as the Christ, I will build my church and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. We are the church. The gates of hell will not prevail against the church. We have God's promise on that. So no matter what the rest of this sermon talks about, how the world is so messed up, as Pastor Ben says, upside down, it's so deceived. And we have to stand for the truth because that's why God put us here as the church. We are the pillar of the truth in the world. How else are the people who are in the culture and being lied to unbelievably right now, how else are they going to know the truth? How else are they going to hear the truth? How else are they going to come to the truth? Oh, yeah, the truth has a name. It's Jesus. So as representatives in the earth, um, you know, Satan does hate us for it because the truth points to a Savior and destroys the works of the devil. 1 John 3, 7 through 9. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous, capital H, he is righteous. He who sins is not he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. Blessed is he whose sins are not counted against him. And it's not that we don't sin. We do. We know we do. But the good news is, if you are in Christ, your sins are not held against you. We should be the happiest people on the planet. Amen. And you can rest in that. God has forgiven you once and for all. Your identity in Christ. Identify with your identity in Christ. It's like, okay, I'm not a drunkard, so don't be a drunkard. I'm My identity in Christ is I'm not a liar, so don't lie. It's awesome. So God has called us to stand for truth in a sinful, cruel, deceived, fallen world. And the world does not appreciate it. Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane told his disciples this, John fifteen, eighteen through 21. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet, because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master, If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. 
But all these things they will do to you for my name's sake, because they do not know him who sent me. The disciples all died for Christ, except John. And they boiled him in oil, (laughs) and he survived. So there's that. A time is coming, and indeed has already come, where Christians will be persecuted and killed for their faith. But in this war, there's opportunity. Jesus came to this earth to go to the cross for you and for me, and on his way, he showed the world the love of the Father. And now you are showing your world the love of the Father. Even if it costs you comfort, even if it costs you your life. Sounds like a problem. (laughs) I mean, uh, I was promised my best life now, right? (laughs) I mean, come on. And there's some of that. I mean, there's blessings from God, no doubt about that. And we are blessed to be a blessing even. But in Mark 10, 29 through 30, so Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution. And in the age to come, eternal life. I always pause there. Man, that sounds great. I had to leave my house. You know, I, my family won't talk to me anymore. I got a whole new family now. Uh, whatever it is, you know, I had to give up my house. I might get two or three with persecution. <laughs> so don't skip that part. It's in there. So God is rewarding us, and he will reward us for our faithfulness to him. And there's persecution. Satan can't stand it. Your faith in Christ and your obedience to Christ will show the world how much God loves them. And many of them will come to know the truth as a result. And the truth has a name. Did I mention this before? Jesus. But Mike, how will I know that I will stand strong if my life is threatened in interesting times where speaking the truth in times of universal deceit is a revolutionary act? Mark 13, 9 through 11. But watch out for yourselves, for they will deliver you up to councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues. You will be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony to them. And the gospel must first be preached to all of the nations. But when they arrest you and deliver you up, do not worry beforehand or premeditate what you will speak. But whatever is given you in that hour, speak that. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Mark 13 is Mark's version of Matthew 24. So when the disciples are saying, Jesus What are the signs of your returning again? Um, And so, yeah, not fun times, but keep this in mind. If, I'm not saying we will be, but if some of us or all of us or one of us, if we are called to be persecuted by this world for Jesus' sake, God is with you. And he will use you, even in those dire circumstances, to save some. During our Thursday morning prayer meetings and our second Sunday prayer meetings, Some have prayed 
that they would be strong in the face of persecution. Man, I'm right there with you on that. And we have God's promise that he will give us what to say through his Holy Spirit. So we can rest in that. No need to fear. Well, come on, Mike. The persecution of the church is reserved for Muslim countries like Sudan or Iran or communist countries like China, North Korea. America's the land of the free. We're un. Alienable rights are self-evident. Rights like freedom of speech and peaceable assembly and freedom of religion. Well, maybe you noticed. And I know most of you have noticed. Our freedoms are under attack like never before in this country. You see, there are globalists at work right now that have been making bold moves to take over the world. It's like a... Stupid Saturday morning cartoon like Pinky in the Brain or something. Uh, it's like, are you kidding me? Um, and so the spirit of Antichrist right now is working in them to pave the way for the actual Antichrist. And if you're paying any attention at all, it's like obvious. It's like, oh my goodness. And, you know, if you've gone through Revelation, go to the podcast and listen to Pastor Ben's series on Revelation. It'll just open your eyes. It's like, oh my goodness, this is um, the headlines that I'm reading now. Just lead right in to the to the end days and the and the tribulation. And it's like, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. I mean, it, it may not be this year. It might not even be next year. But soon, it's going to be soon. It could be today. Uh, every sentence, I'm like, am I going to finish the sentence? Yeah, I did. Okay. All right. So, um, like I said, our Our freedoms are under attack, and it's the spirit of Antichrist working to bring in the actual Antichrist. May you live in interesting times indeed. So the World Economic Forum, Google them if you have not heard of them, uh, working inside of governments right now around the world to bring about their Great Reset, Project 2030, this is happening. They will lie, they are lying about climate change to steal your money and your freedoms. They will track us with our phones. Oh, they're already tracking us with our phones. Oh, yeah. And I have a Google phone, and I post on our Google Maps. So, you know, you know okay, fine. Uh, but they are tracking us with our phones, of course. They will digitize our money so they can control our behavior by controlling how we spend our money. And they'll squelch free speech with their ESG social scoring system that's already in place in China. And if you don't believe it's coming here, well, listen to this after it comes here. (laughs) And it's like, if this will still be on the Internet, I don't know. Why? Because you can't handle the truth. They can't handle the truth. They can't handle God's truth. They can't handle that we represent God's truth in the world. John 3:16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and 20. It, it doesn't bug me that people take out 3:16 by itself, but eight, 17, 18, 19 and 20 are so important. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever, whosoever believes in Him, should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe 
is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds be exposed. This is why 17, 18, 19, and 20 to me are just as important because this is the whole gospel message that's like, okay, I can't keep the law. There's nothing good in me. I know my heart. I know my thoughts. I know my actions. I'm not good. My state before Jesus is already condemned. And that's why I love this bigger chunk because it speaks to your state before Christ. You are all, you're born into sin. You're born into Adam. You are already, sorry, Adam. He's used to it. You are born into Adam, so you have the sin nature. You've already sinned. You're already condemned. But Jesus, because he loves the world and he loves us, sent his son to save us from that condemned state. So that's why I like all of it together. And everyone practicing evil hates the light because they don't want their deeds to be exposed. What does that take? If you're Satan and you're full of pride and you're a murderer and a liar from the beginning, you're not going to repent. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, I want to be worshipped. I'm going to lord this over them because I'm you know, the great and powerful Oz or whatever he thinks. And so if you have men who are full of pride, you know, in order to come into the light, you have to be humble. You have to be like, I'm a jerk. <laughs> I'm a jerk. Lord, save me. Help me. And uh, some people won't do that, unfortunately. Well, this has been very depressing, Mike. Thank you. <laughs> Why are you saying all this? You're the mercy guy. I want to hear about God's love and his blessings and his mercy and grace. And indeed, our wonderful Savior provides a way for all of that in our lives. The amazing gift of eternity in his presence. Think about that. The God who created the entire universe and created you wants to be your friend. And if you're in Christ, he is your friend. Can you imagine? I mean, you don't. You, yes, you can, because you spoke to him this morning. You spoke to him just a minute ago when we all prayed. You're maybe praying right now. Hurry up, Mike. I've got uh, things to do. Sonics is open later now, so we're good. Um, and so it's like, you know God is your friend. It's, it blows my mind. God is, he, oh my gosh. He created the entire universe. He created you. It's like, if you're into science at all, or if you're into art at all, or if you're into life at all, you know, if you you look at things, like look at a leaf, right? And then you do a macro shot of the leaf, and there's all these veins, and then there's all these cells, and then there's all these little veins that feed the cells. And then you go down deeper, and then there, you can see inside the cells, and there's, you know, and in our cells there's mitochondria and all this. And then, then you go deeper, and there's, you know, subatomical particles that they're slamming into each other at CERN, and uh, they're going to create a mini hole that's going to kill us all, all those conspiracy theories. but And then, so that's looking smaller and smaller, and then you look into the universe, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's Andromeda Galaxy, which is will collide with our galaxy in 150 billion years, and 
And then we're part of a small local group of galaxies, but that group, local group of galaxies is one of billions of local groups of galaxies, and each galaxy has billions of stars. And God knows each star by name. And he's your friend. <laughs> My gosh, are you kidding me? And I wouldn't be a very good friend if I didn't warn you about what I see coming soon in this fallen world. Evil is emboldened. Satan is making moves to set up his one-world communist government to shut the mouths of Christians. It's not here yet. It's coming. It's been building in an attempt to keep the truth from those who need it, to make a way for the Antichrist who will lead the enemies of God to ultimate destruction. So what do we do? What have we been called to do? To be Christ's ambassadors. To speak the truth in love. To be salt and light. To be the church. The pillar of the truth in the society. What good is salt if it loses its saltiness? What does that mean? Stand up for the truth. Because if you self-censor if you shrink back, you're not being very salty. Just saying. I do it all the time. I don't, I don't want to go back to Twitter jail. So speak the truth in love. Let our lights shine before men so they will give glory to our Father in heaven. Love God, love people. Now that's a, that means something different for everyone in here. You know, I don't know what that means for you. I have a big mouth, and I'm on social media, and maybe that's what that means for me, is to keep having a big mouth and and speak the truth and that sort of thing. You know, you might work at a school. You know, maybe that's you're loving on kids, you're loving on other teachers, and you're showing the love of God, and you're letting your light shine that way. That's probably for most of us, that's the right way to go. Certainly at my work, I'm not going to speak like this at work, you know. Thank you for calling the people that I work for. How can I help you? (laughs) And uh, thank you, and make sure that you repent and watch out for the world government that's coming to kill you. Have a nice day. So yeah, I'm probably not going to do that at work. So showing the love of God, love God, love people, that's probably the right way to go. But if you have a big mouth and you want to speak the truth and love to a wider audience, yeah, go for it. They won't like you for it. Some will. Dark times are coming and have already started. Run to the light. There's safety in the light. God has got this. He created everything in six days. He can and will get you through whatever might come. We don't need to fear. We don't need to fear. God will take care of us. Rejoice that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. What else is there? Oh, my gosh. Even if persecution comes, and I pray it gets no worse than Facebook jail for you, but even if you have to give your life for Christ, the Bible says if you give up your life for Christ, you'll gain it. If you give up your... If you gain the world... You're going to lose your life. This blows me away. So I'll probably name some names. Maybe I shouldn't do this, but I don't know. So I I look at Nancy Pelosi. I look at our president. I look at 
Chuck Schumer. I look at, I don't know, Macron. I look at, um, what's his name in Canada? That guy, Pierre. Um, I'm like, okay, you guys want to rule the world, and we're going to eat bugs while you're enjoying steak. Good for you. What are you going to, what in the, what, what is the end result of that? I'm going to go to heaven, and you're going to destruction. I feel sorry for them. I do. It's like they have this thirst for hunger, or for thirst for hunger. They have a thirst for, for ruling the world, for power, and it's evil. So pray for them. I'll get into that here in a second. So good times are bad times, and for all times, what we need to make sure that we are doing is standing in God's truth, and in order to stand in God's truth, we have to know the truth. That starts with knowing Jesus. Then, what is God's word? Jesus is the word made flesh. So if you want to know Jesus, study the word. At the beginning of the sermon, I reminded all of us that the truth has a name, Jesus. And so, again, if you want to know him, study his word. Now, you've heard the phrase, steeped in God's word. Anyone hear that phrase? Did I make that up? I might have made that up. I don't know. Steeped in God's word. You want to be steeped in God's word. Like tea. Anyone here like tea? This is not England, so maybe not. Oh, there we got some tea drinkers. Okay. So, 4 o'clock in the afternoon, you're heating up the water, the teapot goes off, and you put the tea bag in the hot water, and the tea starts taking over the water. And the longer you steep the tea, the more tea it becomes. And so we need to be steeped in God's word, and the more we're in God's word, the more God's word takes us over. Just another way to say, renew your mind with the washing of the word. That's really all that is. Every answer to every question can be found, I put in this book, but <laughs> yeah, in this tablet that has the Bible app. Here are some easy, easy examples torn from today's headlines. So if you're in God's word, if you know God's word, you can discern the truth from deception. These are not hard, torn from today's headlines. School grade children should be taken to strip clubs for drag queen shows. True or false? That's false. And the world thinks that's good. Are you kidding me? This is how deceived the world is. This is how evil the world has become. And they think it's a good thing. And that's an easy one for us. No. Leave kids alone. Woe to anyone who keeps a child from coming to Jesus. It would be better for them if they were never born. A millstone tied around their neck and cast into the sea. That's what they have to look forward to if they don't repent. I, you know, this started happening less than a year ago is when I started hearing about it in Texas. I'm like, what are you doing? I read this yesterday. President Biden has promised that if Congress picks up more Democrats, they're going to legalize abortion nationally. Question. Should Christians vote? Yes. 
Every life is sacred to God, and the killing of innocent unborn children is an abomination, and we've been putting up with this for decades. We've had some victories lately. And President Biden says if we pick up more seats as Democrats, we're going to legalize abortion nationwide. We need to vote like someone's life depends on it, because it does. All right, this one's tougher. <laughs> this one's tougher. I don't, maybe I shouldn't have put this one here. Is global climate change an existential threat to the planet? So much so that we have to limit our use of fossil fuel, curtail freedoms, which largely hurts the poorest people in, in our country and around the world. Let's take a look at that one. I know a lot of our younger folks have been taught in school since they were wee little we lads, or we lesses, uh, that global warming is a threat to the planet. So they've been taught since they were little. But consider this in Genesis. I don't know if this is a stretch, but I found this decades ago, 20 years ago maybe. So Genesis 8.22 says, While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. This was right after the flood. And God says, while the earth remains, we're going to have seasons. We're going to have cold. We're going to have heat, winter and summer. Now, the Bible doesn't really address global warming, maybe here. Now, there is a, there is a part in Revelation where God's going to turn up the sun. Not the carbon dioxide. He's going to turn up the sun. It's not the methane. It's the sun. But... Um, I could literally pull up dozens of scriptures about protecting the poor and helping the poor and not hurting and abusing the poor. And when you quit, when, when the United States is not independent, energy independent, that hurts the poor. When energy prices go up, that hurts the poor. Right now in Europe, there are protests in Germany, in Brussels, in England that you're not going to see on the news. And they are demonstrating against inflation, high food prices, high energy prices. And you know what is coming to Europe? Energy shortages so severe that people are going to freeze to death in their houses this winter. It's going to happen. And on purpose, the United States and Canada are not drilling for our own resources to help Canada and to help ourselves. It's part of the Great Reset. It's part of controlling us. And it's evil. And it will kill people. And it will steal from them. And it will hurt the poorest people the most. And we experienced it here in Texas a couple of years ago. That 10-day stretch of freezing weather and our grid went down because of incompetence. It wasn't winterized like it was promised to be. And we lost, I don't know, 80 people, something like that. So energy prices will skyrocket here again this winter. We'll see that. Food shortages will cause famine in many places around the world. And food prices will skyrocket here. And I say all this for a couple reasons. We need to pray. And we are. Did I mention, I don't know, Thursday noon prayer? Did I mention that? Did I mention second Sundays, 
7 o'clock here in the sanctuary. Uh, I'm sorry, 6 o'clock here in the sanctuary. 5 o'clock after the time change in November. Pray for our country. Pray for our world. Pray for our leaders. Wait, what? What? Pray for our leaders? Are you telling me to pray for global elitists, global elitists that hate me and don't care if I die? Yes. Because the Bible says, pray for our leaders and pray for your enemies. Matthew 5, 44 and 45. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. And pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. That you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good. And sends rain on the just and on the unjust. We just had Oregon weather. And it was raining on the just and it was raining on the unjust. We had fog this morning for the just and fog for the unjust. It was nice. So the reason why I'm sounding the alarm about this coming darkness and evil so that we will pray and so that we will be prepared. Now, God is going to take care of us. So we need to stay close to God. We need to stay close to God. Now, you're not going to be perfect in that. You're going to have bad days. You're going to get mad. You're going to get upset. You're going to do your comfort, sin, whatever. Don't get discouraged. Get back up. Run to your Father who loves you. And then on your good days, when you're walking with God, walk with God and keep walking with God. And we keep encouraging each other. Stay close to God. We need Him now more than ever. And, I don't know, buy some extra food. <laughs> um, you know, it's like, um, if food prices go, that's just kind of smart anyway. You know, if you have some extra stores of food, if you buy it now, it's just, you know, it's kind of like buying stocks low and <laughs> eat it when it's high. <laughs> so it's not a bad idea to have some extra food on hand, not just for yourself and your family, but, you know, to share with your neighbors or with your church family, you know, if we have to start taking care of each other. Because we may have to. I don't know. I don't know. This isn't like God didn't say, you know, we're, gonna, we're all going to starve next year and food prices are going to be sky high. This, is, that, this part is more me just seeing what's going on in the world and taking these elitists at their word and what they are working to do and what they've already started to do in countries like Canada, for example. So what if I'm wrong? What if the FBI is actually fighting for truth, justice in the American way? I don't know. What if Nancy Pelosi really does have California and the country's interests at heart? What if the economy is just having transitory inflation and the actions of the Fed will make it better? What if gas prices fall back to $2? What then, Mike? Study your Bible. Spend time with God in prayer. Walk in the Spirit. Have love for God and for people. God has a plan for all of our lives individually. And he has a plan for all of us, which is to transform us into the likeness of his son Jesus. And how do we do that? We, d we are changed from glory to glory by beholding him, by spending time with him, being steeped, in the Bible, being steeped in prayer. 
Good times, bad times. The Holy Spirit's job is to lead you into all truth. And truth has a name. Jesus. Amen. Now I know it's been (laughs) kind of depressing tonight. Uh, But I want you to remember this. No matter what, God has sent his son to die for your sins so you don't have to. That's how much he is in love with you. So I want to end the sermon with the lighter side of God's word. Uh, Found in the book of wisdom, the Proverbs. I love the Proverbs. There's 31 of them. So there's one for each day of the month. And uh, I need to get back to this, but I used to do this all that religiously. (laughs) I... Unintended, I don't know. Uh, but I used to do this all the time. It's just a blessing. Read each day's proverb every morning. It's God's wisdom. And when you do, you'll find nuggets like these. <laughs> some of these are funny. Uh, and some of them are just great. Proverbs 16.20. He who heeds the word wisely will find good. And whoever trusts in the Lord, happy is he. God is your friend. Blessed is he whose sins are forgiven. We should be the happiest people on the planet. Proverbs seventeen twenty eight. <laughs> and Abe Lincoln had a paraphrase of this. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. I don't know. I've never been able to accomplish that, but I should probably try it someday. It's like, wow, Mike hasn't said a word. He's probably deep in thought. What a wise guy. And then I open my mouth, and it's like, that's what Abe Lincoln said. I think it's like, he who he who shuts his lips is considered wise, and then he opens his mouth and res- removes all doubt, I think is what he said. Yeah. Um, Proverbs twenty six seventeen. Mind your own business. Uh, He who passes by and meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a dog by the ears. (laughs) It's like, I've never taken a dog by the ears. I don't don't know. It could be a YouTube channel. How many many views would you get on a YouTube channel? Taking dogs by... Anyway. This world, I'm telling you. All right. Proverbs 27, 14. I love this one. He who blesses his friend with a loud voice rising early in the morning, it will be counted a curse to him. (laughs) Hey, neighbor, good morning. (laughs) It's 4 a.m. Go back to bed. That's funny. This is a good one, too. And uh, if you you are one to host guests, I know you've experienced this. You start yawning, hoping they'll take a hint. Proverbs 25, 17. Seldom foot... Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house, lest he become weary of you and hate you. <laughs> That's so good. Read your Proverbs. Read your Bible. Be steeped in the truth. By doing that, you're going to have discernment. You're going to have discernment. You know, the easy questions of the world, you know, the world is evil, and a lot of that's easy to discern. But even still, it blows me away. Because people who don't have the Spirit of God, they think that's normal. They think the evil in the world that's happening right now is normal. And we certainly know better. And they need our voice. They need us to stand for the truth. And we can only do that when we know the truth. 
And that starts with knowing Jesus, and then it continues in growing in him by reading his word, by spending time with God in prayer, by listening to the Holy Spirit and obeying. And that's how we grow in Christ. And that's how we are the pillar, the church, that God put here to stand for him in a wicked generation. And I've got news for you. They've all been wicked. (laughs) And this one is just, you know, we're wrapping things up. So it looks like we're spirit of Antichrist leading to the actual Antichrist, which means we're going home soon. So that is encouraging. As I like to say, God knows stuff. So get to know him better every day and walk with him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for how much you love us. Thank you so much for how much you are protecting us. Thank you so much for the plans that you have for each of us individually and the plan that you have for all of us to be more like your son. And so, Lord, we just yield to you so that you can accomplish that in our lives. And, Lord, um, if there's anyone listening here or online or on the podcast later that doesn't know you and wants to join your family, that they would just say this simple prayer. Father, forgive me of my sins. I believe that you have sent your only son, Jesus, to die for me. I believe that he lived a perfect life, died for my sins on a cross, and after three days rose from the grave and is sitting at your right hand right now in heaven making intercessory prayer for your saints. Thank you for saving me from the judgment that is soon coming to this earth. And thank you for your promise that I am yours forever. In Jesus' name we pray. We hope you enjoyed today's message. We'd love to hear from you and see you in person at the church. You can find our contact information, location, and even give a donation at calvarychapellubbock.church. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Until then, may God bless you and your family.